0: Hey everyone, this is Kaj Bielan, and you're watching or listening to Casual Conversations. It's a video and audio podcast where we interview people who are important to our world and have information that's very useful to everyone in our world. And today our very special guest is Joseph Peters. He's a real estate expert in uh, Somerset, Hunting County, New Jersey, and he can has he has so much information to help you out today on Casual Conversations. Welcome Joseph or Joe, what should I call you?
1: I think Joe makes more sense. Most people wouldn't (laughs) recognize me if you called me Joseph. I have to use that as a legal name for real estate, but everybody calls me Joe. Yeah. So, Joe, tell me about yourself before
0: you got into real estate. Yeah.
1: Um, You know, a lot of real estate agents do it as sort of a side hustle. Um, That's not me. I have been in sales a better part of my life i've sold major ticket items for large companies two huge corporations and um, the average sales ticket being five million dollars just on license and maybe 5x the 10x wrapped around that and most of it in a retail vertical so i i understand corporate thinking i understand process i understand structured selling and i understand follow-through I come to the market or to the table of a lot different salad than the average real estate agent you're going to find. Um, I'm based in, uh, my office is in Warren, New Jersey, uh, and I live in uh, Hunterdon County. So I cover those two counties predominantly. I can go anywhere in the state and sell real estate, but you can't be an expert everywhere. So I focus on those Hunterdon and Somerset counties. And I do a lot of work in. People trying to find what they're looking for in Somerset County and just simply can't find it or can't afford it because it's much more expensive there. And bring them another five or ten miles to the west into Hunterdon County, where it keeps getting nicer and nicer. But you keep getting further and further from New York, so for some people it's too far. But with COVID and being able to work remotely, we're seeing more and more people not really care where they're, they're living anymore. So Hunterdon County has become a uh, a, a nice Um, alternative to Somerset County, but Somerset County is the first choice. It's really the first nice place you reach when you leave Newark Airport and drive west on 78. You're going to come into Warren, New Jersey, Watchung, New Jersey. You're going to think you're in heaven. And when you get off, you're going to say, I am in heaven. This is beautiful until you look at the price tags. And then you say, well, I wonder if there's a little less expensive heaven. And there really is, because the further you get away from New York, the less the price is. People say to me, what's the big difference between living in Somerset County and living in Hunterdon County? And I say it's simple. If you want to turn right at the horses and left at the cows, you want to live in Hunterdon County. You could have that type of lifestyle in Somerset County, but you're going to probably pay 20% more. And you're going to have about a third of the property that you'd have in Hunterdon County. Average lot out here is three acres, a larger in Hunterdon. Average lot in Somerset's an acre or smaller. So that's the big difference. Both great places to live, and it just depends what you're looking for, and it depends on the type of community you want to get into
0: now uh both counties are, are beautiful and they don't they represent the real new jersey you know not the yes. one that you hear the the horrible stories about the turnpike and you know what you see the, right. these are the beautiful yes. heavenly parts of new jersey and there's other ones as well as you go further south so uh you know talking about uh bad stories like you hear a lot of things in the news about the real estate market recently yes. it's going down it's in a dumps it's not worth buying selling is, is what, what is the real truth, Joe?
1: Well, you know, the real truth is we're our own worst enemy when it comes to television. If we turned on Channel 2, I'm not picking on Channel 2, if you turn on Channel 2 and say we're going to get two inches of snow tonight, and you turn on Channel 4 and they're going to say we're going to get two to four inches of snow tonight, and you turn on Channel 7 and they say we're having a blizzard, who are you going to watch? So this sensational news is never incorrect, but it may not be specific to where we live. And that's what's happening in real estate. There are certain markets, especially on the West Coast, places like Seattle, San Francisco, San Diego, Los Angeles, where they're primarily new construction markets. Half of the pricing that's out there is done on new house construction, not on existing home sales. Here we're 95% existing home sales. So the problem is they're bumping into in california and in florida and some other places around the country we're not seeing hunterton and somerset county cannot keep the inventory on the shelf until you get up above a million dollars then it slows down a little and even at that it's still selling quicker than it ever sold wow so it's not uh, inaccurate news it just doesn't pertain to us and it's sort of sensational news to get you to watch and see the commercials um, our average span of selling, I've been in, re- in real estate now for 20 years full time, and um, average has been four to six months to sell a house. That's hmm. if you get above six months, it's considered a buyer's market, in other words, there's more houses than there are buyers, and if you get below four months, it's typically called a seller's market. We have more buyers than we have sellers. And that means the prices are going up and in the buyer's market, prices are coming down. Right now, we're sitting at one month worth of inventory. Didn't happen yesterday. It's been this way for a year. Last year was a month and a half. So as a result, instead of taking four to six months to sell, we're selling houses in four to six days. And as a result of that, the inventory is flying off the shelves as long as it's clean and as long as it's priced somewhere in a good price point in other words it's it's not it it may be a little optimistic but it's not overpriced because the house still has to appraise
0: joe joe how how does um you know i understand that but what's what's causing that sort of quick turnaround in the sales okay so
1: i think one of the things you've got to look at is just population in general for the first time ever About three or four years ago, we, as this country, have more people over 65 than we have under 25. And there's two reasons for it. The people over 65 are lasting longer, okay? Um, We've learned how to take care of ourselves to the point where we're not having all those bad habits like smoking. And as a result, people are easily living into their 90s today. And it's gotten so expensive and so easy not to have children and so expensive to the point where people don't have children till they're maybe 35 and then I'll have one maybe two children I I have five children people look at me like I came from another planet people don't do that too typically anymore so we don't have a market for new housing the way we used to plus we've built out all of the properties in New Jersey that are cheap to build and now we've got so many restrictions on building and ec- ecology and size of the lot and how much of the lot you can cover with an impervious footprint that a water can soak through. It's become a, lot of very- rules,
0: a lot of rules to the building.
1: We've sort of jurisdict that ourselves right into no inventory. So. We're not building low-priced inventory for all those reasons. It's not as much of a market as there was, and it definitely is more expensive to build it. The average house we're building today—if you drive through, let's say Warren Watchung—the average list price in Warren Watchung is well over a million dollars. You get into Bridgewater, average list price is six to seven. You get over into Hunter and County, the average price is four to five. So. The closer to New York, the more of its support. And and what happened during COVID was a lot of people said, I don't have to be in New York all the time anymore. I can go there a couple of times a month and everybody's happy and they move further and further west. Well, we're starting to pull that in a little bit. We're not seeing as much of that, but it's never going to go away. So I think what we're looking at today is the new normal. And the last couple of years, which were, In effect, the COVID years we're calling unicorn years. We've never seen years like that before.
0: Well, uh, I mean, that's one of the things, you know, how do first-time homebuyers afford to buy a home? um so, you know there's, there's lots question. of ways to do that and you need you know mortgages uh you have to apply for that is pre-qualification important like what's that process yeah. so let's talk about buyers so, so you want to talk about sellers first i mean whichever you, yeah. you want
1: so to, i you know. i typically when i work with a buyer i'll take them out show them a couple of houses get to know them i'll ask a couple of questions who do you work for what kind of work do you do how long have you been there if the person's working for Walmart pushing carriages, I realize that this probably isn't a good buyer. But if the guy is a college grad and he's working for pharma and he's been there two years ago, two years already, I'll say, wow, this guy sounds like, but the second step before we ever go and look again is have them talk to a mortgage consultant. And a mortgage consultant goes not only through their assets, it goes through their viabilities, di- and it goes through their their income, And the mortgage consultant, we have them internally, but there's a lot of good ones that are all over the place, will come back to me as the real estate agent and say, Joe, this client should be looking at a 600 to 650. That's their price range. And they may be thinking 800 to 850. Mm -hmm. So if they're not going to qualify, there's no sense showing them. They're not going to get the mortgage. And let's talk about how that process works. You make an offer on the house. You have to, with that offer, send a letter from a mortgage officer saying that they are qualified to make this offer. they have the assets they have the credit they can make the payment then part of the process is going back through the mortgage procedure and getting the loan underwritten and the loan underwritten sometimes is the value of the house it's always the value of the house Sometimes it's easy to do because there's 100 just like them. Sometimes it's a one-offer. There's not many just like it. But they'll send an appraiser out, and they will say that house is worth $625. You're applying for $650. In today's market, they're probably not going to complain. But if that house is worth $550 and you're applying for $650, you may have a problem. They may not approve the loan. So, You've got to be qualified. It's like anything else. Uh, Have you ever walked into a store where they said, hey, take it for a week and come back if you like it, give me some money? You can't do that with a house. Cash on a barrel (laughs) head. It's the way across the world works this way. It's not just real estate. I think one of the things that we're looking at, too, is the labor market. The labor market, we keep seeing these statistics come along and say, wow, we added 226,000 jobs last month. Well, Everybody gets that press and they never look a month later when they adjust the town, a hundred thousand, that never gets any news press. Um, nobody looks at the type of jobs that we're adding. Are we adding basket pushers at Walmart? Or are we adding second year college grad jobs? And the answer is we're adding the, the people that cannot afford to buy a house. So there's two problems here. One is it takes 175 to 190,000 jobs a month just to take care of the growth in the country. Those are the people that entered the workforce and need a job. They have it happens every month. It's happening a little slower because we have more new people coming along, but it's still happening. So of the 226,000, at least 175,000 was natural growth. We didn't create jobs. Of the jobs that we created. Are they jobs that can buy houses? And thirdly, how much of it will be corrected next month? Because this month's figure is, you could always make a figure more accurate a month later. And that's what happened. It doesn't get any press, So I think we should be up in in much higher numbers than that. And we've been seeing the employment numbers drop as far. It wasn't long ago we were talking about 400,000. Now we're talking about 200,000 and saying, what a good boy am I. It's really not a good number. Another thing that happens is the interest rate is coupled to what the Fed is doing. And the Fed, um, one analyst said they're they're driving by looking in a rearview mirror. They were the ones that kept the interest artificially low for the last 15 years. And now they've raised it 21 times in the last 15 months. And it's gone from almost zero to over 5%. And we're probably going to get another one tomorrow. Um, They're talking about another quarter of a point. The Fed is trying to adjust things by looking at history and are not looking at future because as the market drops as far as inflation, the prices on interest will drop as well. And we have seen inflation get corrected from the 9 or 10% it was down to 3 or 4%. So it, what they're doing is we're still working, and yet they're looking in a rearview mirror and still making price adjustments. And I think we may be over-adjusting. The other thing is we keep talking about a recession, and it never seems to happen. But anybody who's talked to their financial advisor would tell you that I think it's going to happen. It may not be as hard as we first thought, but what recession will do is it'll stop the creation of new jobs and we'll literally put out less GDP than we put out in the same quarter last year. And when we do that for two quarters, you have a recession. We've done it for one quarter several times. We're getting there. I think it will happen and it will adjust things a little bit. So recession also doesn't mean that prices go down. In six of the last seven recessions, well, everything except for 2008, prices either gone up or stayed the same. In one in 2008, that recession, we actually had some prices drop, and it took us about eight years to get back to where we were price-wise. So here we are. We're sitting at houses priced probably 45 to 50% more than they were four years ago. We have interest that has gone up. We have people typically buy a house at 7.1% times their gross income. Now, that's not a number from the last two years. That's a number for the last 40 years. That's a number that's been working since the 70s and 80s. 7.1 times income is the price that people usually pay on a house. Right now, we're buying houses at 9.6% times, not percent, but times income. So, We've risen about 24% above our raising, as an old country song says, you've stepped above your your raising here. You cannot afford to do that without cutting back on other things. And the other things you've got to look at is you've got to eat, you've got to have some recreation money, you've got credit cards, you've got a car, you need gasoline, you probably still have some college debt if you're a first-time buyer all of those things play into it and when you add all of that together it can't go above 50 percent, roughly of your gross depending on how many assets you have well joe g-
0: give me an example well, what does that mean to the average person because you're throwing percentage-wise numbers let's say give me an, yeah. a, an average income of someone or what the average in Somerset and County might be, and then what they can afford so people can understand. What
1: I, I would think, uh, let's talk a first-time buyer. A, a college yeah. grad coming into Hundred and Somerset County is going to start somewhere between forty five dollars and $60,000. That's a college grad starting salary. So $60,000, to use the high end, that's $5,000 a month gross. Half of that, $2,500, has to cover your car payment, everything I talked about the mortgage payment, the rent payment. So as a result, the prices are so high, these people are renting. And think about it. Every time you stop at a red light, look around. What do you see? Apartments going up. Because people cannot afford to buy a house. The prices plus interest have gotten out of the price. So people are building their rentals and people are buying their rentals and we're turning into a rental society. Now, is that good or bad? It's not either. It's just the result of what has happened. And I think what we're going to see as time goes on is more and more rentals and less and less purchases. Because where we had um, roughly a 1,000 houses on the market in Hunterdon County, and usually twice that much in Somerset County, three years ago, we're down to a third or, or 25% of it. We're down to under 400 houses on the market in Somerset, where they used to have close to 2,000. And we're down on just over two hundred houses in Huntington County, where we used to have close to a thousand. And we're still selling as many houses as we sold three years ago. And say, how does that happen? Well, remember, we're not taking four to six months; we're selling them in under a month. So we're we're doing what we call uh, velocity. We're just selling yeah. more, quicker, and we're keeping people in houses, but. There is a severe shortage. I will yeah. tell you that if a house comes on the market under five hundred thousand in Iber County, and it's clean, and in Somerset County it's probably more like under six hundred thousand because they get a little bit more for the house, it will sell the day it comes on. There's probably somebody as a real estate agent will see that and has a buyer in their pocket. Will call them up, and say, "Show it to me. I'll write you a contract today." That's what's happening. Yeah, that,
0: that's one of the things that I, I was going to bring up, that, you know, when a good real estate agent knows other agents or, or whatever, and, right. you know, they, they talk to each other and say, you know, there's a buyer. And uh, I just want to remind people that you're watching Casual Conversations or you listen to the podcast, and uh, you can find out all about Joe Peters, jpeters.com website, plenty of information there, all the other stuff, blogs, wh- whatever he does, is available uh, right there for um, for you to have an experience, and you're such a great professional. I think we have like about eight or so minutes left, Joe. And I want to get into is is if you just in short, if you can summarize, you know, let's say if you're selling the house, what you need to to have to prepare yeah. to have ready so- to get a viable sale. Quick.
1: The the one thing you need in an agent is somebody who has a lot of resources, which you started to talk about. Somebody who knows the mortgage guy, who knows the attorneys, who knows the inspectors, who knows the stagers. If you're looking to sell a house today, you need an agent who's done this a couple of hundred times before. You don't need an agent who's done six and thinks they know what they're doing because they're better than an agent sells, too. But I've sold several hundred houses over the last 20 years, close to 400 help buyers help sellers i work more on a seller side than a buyer side but i love working with buyers because it's like working with my kids it's kind of fun um what you need to think of is what needs to be done to the house and what doesn't need to be done to the house because getting it on the market to meet the current demand is important and if you're going to take a lot of time to put a new kitchen in that the next person isn't going to probably like anyway you might as well put it on at a little bit less price and sell it let them Put the kitchen in that they wanted and there's a couple of things that the, the, the biggest items you you can't believe how big these items are curb appeal if a person pulls up in front of a house and can't see their neighbors or their relatives coming up for that first wow moment yeah, at that house, <laughs> they're not even going to get out of the car. So your curb appeal, just the, uh, keeping the shrubs planted if they don't have them already and trimmed if you do have them and the yard rake. The, the lawnmower, the
0: nice driveway, a nice, nice driveway, driveway that's kind of like, if wow. Garage, you know?
1: Door and the roof are very important. If yeah. I, I had a client who had a solar panel on the roof in the front. And in effect, people would pull up and couldn't see themselves living with that. So solar panel shouldn't be visible from the front of the house. It, it, it's, all bets are off. If you can put it in, save some money, you can get more for the house. Uh-huh. Um, another thing is when they come in, you don't want everything. First of all, you don't want any family pictures. You want just generic pictures up on a wall. I have a lot of people. Various religions have their religious artifact. I said, "Well, it's your passion, and I respect that." But really, I think you should get the yeah. religious pictures put away till we get done with the sale, because you never know if somebody may not agree with you religiously, and you don't want to lose a sale because of that. And then declutter, 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 declutter. Go rent a, for $150. You can get a temperature-controlled 10 by 10 temporary storage and put everything you're going to move anyway into the storage now so the house looks bigger. And then you have to show by room what the function is. People don't use a formal living room anymore. So a lot of people have made it into a playroom for the kids or an office for dad. We got to turn it back into what You walk into a center hall colonial and you're either going to go to the right or you're going to go to the light, which is straight down the hall. (laughs) If you go to the right, you're even in a dining room or living room, depending on the layout of the house. And it better look like a dining room or living room. If it looks like an office, they can't see the function of it. So we got to walk through room by room, declutter it, functionize it, and make it so it flows. Um, The other thing is it, it doesn't take much to throw a coat of paint on things, whether it's the outside of the house or the inside of the house, the carpets need to be cleaned. The carpets uh, paint walls need to be painted a neutral color, not some shocking thing that your teenage (laughs) son thinks is the right. color Purple. Purple or (laughs) black. Yellow. (laughs) The people have to see themselves living there. They realize they're going to redecorate. They realize they're going to update. I'm doing one right now where the guy hasn't done the kitchen. I said, well, he did the kitchen, but he didn't do the upstairs baths. I said, it "Gives him something to do," and and you price mm-hmm. it that way. You say, "I I put in a sixty thousand dollar kitchen, but the baths still need to be done upstairs." And mm-hmm. I'd rather have the kitchen done than the baths done, and the kitchen not be done. But at the ever point, some people say, "Well, they'll never do the kitchen the way the person wants it, buys it, wants it," and there's some truth to that. So I tell people. In a market that's hot, because we don't know when this market's going to stop, you want to get the house on the market as quickly as possible, with a little as little money as possible, and sell it. And if, in effect, you think you need a new kitchen and that new kitchen is going to cost $60,000, you're probably better off taking 30000 off the price and saying, hey, adjusted for new kitchen.
0: Yeah, no, that makes total sense. So uh, we're wrapping up here. So wh- what are the key takeaways I th- you think people should remember from our conversation here on Casual Conversations?
1: Well, I think you need a local area specialist. Um, I cover, as I said, Hunterton and Somerset. If somebody's coming in from Middlesex or Union, I have a listing in Union right now, but it was somebody who I met in Hunterton County. If people are coming into the county and have a house they want to sell, I can handle that but I don't know Highland Park the way somebody from Middlesex County knows Highland Park, but I do know Clinton the way better than anybody could. So I think you not only need a local area specialist, you need somebody involved in the community. I'm an ambassador for both chambers of commerce. I belong to three or four of the major organizations in both counties. And I, I'm a frequent speaker at the senior center when letting them understand technology a little bit, because I grew up in technology before I got into real estate and I use it heavily. Um, you need somebody. I've gone through both leadership programs, Leadership Hunter and Leadership Somerset. They're both one-year programs. For one day a month, they drop you through legal, health care, welfare, education, so that you understand what's going on in your county. And I can't tell you how much it, um, it helps when you've got an agent that's really connected. Now, I think one of the better things you can do is look at an agent's references. If you go to my page, on the bottom are my references, which come off the Zillow site. I ask somebody who buys um, from me or sells through me to put a, a post on Zillow. And all of those are down there. And a couple of them that I, I remember, I didn't think myself this way. So it was startling what somebody says about you. And one of them says, he stopped and talked to my children every time we got together. And I said, I'm a grandfather. I thought everybody did that, okay? But yeah. I love kids. And another person says his love for the local area shows through. And he was able to show us more. I typically will people, take people for a ride around the area before I take them for a ride around the houses. We go around Round Valley, Spruce Run, uh, downtown Somerville. What a story that is going on down there. Yeah. And then secondly, I'm connected. Go to my site. I do a blog post three or four times a week. I do a podcast. I used to have a radio show, but we turned it into a podcast now. And I interview people like Dennis Sullivan, a mayor of of Somerville, came on um, about eight weeks ago. His wife, Marge, is the local historian. I've interviewed her twice on the history of Somerville. I've interviewed the fellow who was the uh, rebuilding downtown Flemington. I've interviewed the guy who opened the first brewery in 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 uh, Flemington, and I interviewed the guy's the Red Mill uh, director, who's also the mayor of. You now those people talking to you, and I talk to them all the time, and I go to the local meetings and say, "Hey, can I get you on my podcast? Let's talk for half hour." You don't. Have to well,
0: Joe, me. Joe, I've I've seen you at those meetings. <laughs> I've been there <laughs> with you. <laughs> all kind of trials and tribulations there. Exciting, fun, informative. But uh, our little trip has to end today because we're at the half-hour mark. And uh, so our guest has been Joe Peters, whether you're listening to the audio version, and there's a link to the video there on whatever, uh, iHeartRadio, all kind of uh, different outlets there, yeah. or you can watch the video and see how great we both look. But if you want to do that, you just listen to the audio and learn. So the tough question, the toughest one everyone has it so much difficulty answer, Joe, is, what was this experience like being a guest on Casual Conversations, Joe? I think it's very choose.
1: comfortable. Um, it's a well-named show. If it plays off your name very nicely. Um, I would enjoy doing it again and bringing other people to you. And if anybody really wants to find me that's only listening, uh, jpeters.com is my website and my on it is my phone number. But Okay to jot it down it's 908-304-4660 you can call me or text me or whatever you want i'd love to talk to you i i spend a lot of time with people and then some of them decide to go ahead and some of them have a niece that's in the business and they want to. i can't do i cannot give it to my whatever okay it works (laughs) i understand but i'd love to hear from you, buyer or seller i handle both i sub specialized in the two counties mentioned and uh always have time to talk to somebody new
0: well thank you for your time joe peter go, go and sell and go help those buyers and uh you know real estate king i would call you a summers in herding county because you're so knowledgeable and so helpful and it's been great having you a wonderful guest on casual conversations enjoy
1: your I day i appreciate it very much cast thank you <music>